today and she's like again it's like well it hasn't been like and then i'm like well whatever pandemic time time is strange so there is no real time well in in the fit as well on this one i've I've hit the record button again so we're rolling a okay um, (laughs) where where we're at the um you know that that was specifically for this this is part of a you know the the broader series of talking with folks that are council candidates or currently sitting council members for uh for 2021 here and uh you know, they, I, it just wasn't the right fit to say, oh, well, we've already done one with Jessica. We'll just we'll just play that one again. It's like, yeah. nah. <laughs> yeah. And we explored a lot of cool stuff in that first conversation, um, you know, talking about you coming to Carbondale when you were young and then leaving Carbondale a little bit. Um, you know, was it was it after college or in the midst of college? for for the political work that you did in montana montana yeah i went to college in maine and then after college went to montana for a little over a year so doing two m states to confuse you two m states to confuse you (laughs) at least it wasn't missouri right right right. (laughs) We're we're just as close as we need to be um but but having having kind of lived that that uh, you know, back and forth, you know, life with Carbondale as kind of an anchor, right? And and seeing folks out in the community that have a, a very similar story. I mean, do you have, you know, other folks in your life that have kind of that similar relationship to Carbondale? I've come here, I've gone, I've come back. I just, mm-hmm. this is always the place that I can find myself. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think a lot of people call it a black hole, which <laughs> I don't think, you know, that has a negative connotation. I think we we could probably get away from that. Actually, I just found out about this cool. So last time I know we talked a lot about podcasts, uh-huh. but there's one that I've gotten into, I think since then, called Stuff You Should Know. Ooh. And they talked about blue holes, which are in the ocean. And they're really, they sound amazing. Um, So anyways, maybe we could call it a blue hole. So (laughs) it still sucks in like sea creatures who sometimes fall in and die. And that's kind of depressing too, but. (laughs) It just has its own special gravity. Yes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah, it is. It is interesting. I mean, and it's like staying here every every Christmas, you know, some people will come back that you knew in high school or whatever, and you're like, oh, hey. And then also every May, you know, especially working on campus, mm-hmm. it's kind of sad because people graduate and move away, and you're happy for them to graduate, but then, you know, I don't know. It's interesting is what I'm saying, because it has that cyclical nature mm-hmm. of a university town where new people come and then they stay for a while and then they graduate and leave. And then also being from here around the holidays, sometimes people come back and, you know, you got to go to Quattro's and, you know, depending on everybody's favorites harbaugh's high taste whatever they are craving um that's always interesting too to see which friends or family with my brother um 
coming back to visit sometimes. Uh, you know, which craving they want to satisfy. <laughs> what, what did she got to scratch? Yeah. No, yeah. And I, it, it's, it's so funny just like looking at Trace Ombres as the, as the go-to, that's, that's your Thanksgiving, Christmas, that's the holiday bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. PKs too sometimes, or mm-hmm. the cellar. It depends, yeah. On who your holidays are with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, now, and we'll, and you know, we'll, we may, we may touch on on stuff as we go through here that that we've talked about before. I think we're just going to reinforce that Jessica is the awesome person that oh, she is. I, th- I think, I think it's going to be difficult to not at some point in time talk about. Pronounce your dog's name for me again. Sarabi. Sarabi. Um, just think of the Lion King when Scar yells out, "Sarabi!" <laughs> that's when I'm really mad at her. That's. That's what I think of it. <laughs> How, because uh, I saw you, you, you posted the, the face print in the, in the <laughs> snow. Is she, is she a snow dog? Yes. <laughs> she, I also posted a video of her doing the zoomies in the snow. Mm-hmm. Um, she, yeah, she loves it. She still won't go out without me, which is annoying. She won't spend time outside, much time outside without me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she loves the snow. Um, which is annoying because, I mean, there were days during the snowstorm I didn't even want to walk her. I was like, <laughs> all right, just go out in the yard, do your thing. I'll, I'll be inside. And, you know, it takes more time to, like, put on all your boots and mm-hmm. layers and mittens. And then you go outside and you can only get so far and walking before you're like, all right, well, that's all that's plowed. Let's go back. <laughs> and then it took more time to get all your layers on than it did to actually walk so it's very annoying it's the only thing i don't like about the snow is that i have to put pants and real shoes on Uh, yeah not a fan well and my car i've still only been able to get my car like 20 percent into my driveway and that's with a lot of you know sliding and horrible (laughs) noises so in fact I was debating when I left to come here. I was like, I might just park on the street again because it's it's melting, but it's a, it's not even a steep driveway. It's just got that little bit of a hill. Mm-hmm. You know, with a two-wheel drive, mm-hmm. you just you can't always do it. And it's one of those fun Carbondale driveways where where it's like, you know, again, it's it, does it have one of those like weird bumps? Yeah. Okay, because like we've got that all over the town. Like it's like there are just driveways where it's like, okay, it's not a straight shot. You just got this weird little plateau in the middle of a yeah. driveway up a very slight incline. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yep, exactly. Ugh. So yeah, I was annoyed because on the Wednesday after the snowstorm. Um, I had to go to work Mm -hmm. and I got my car halfway out before it got stuck. And so then it was halfway in the road and I couldn't just be like, oh, sorry, can't come to work. I'm stuck. (laughs) So because it was halfway in the road. So luckily one of my neighbors heard and then two other neighbors heard and three of my neighbors came out and we eventually got my car out. And then one of them 
was like, okay, when you get home, just gun it. And then whatever you do, don't stop on the, on the incline. And yeah, still like with, even with all the major snow melting, I still can't get the car no. up the driveway. But anyways, that's not interesting to talk about, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> even though it's very universal. <laughs> uh, and we are here to have uh, our interesting conversation uh, with an interesting Carbondale person, uh, tying it all back together to this little old place we call home, Carbondale, Illinois. It is episode 40 of the WTF Carbondale podcast, uh, and a special podcast this episode because it's our first repeat guest yes. uh, having Jessica Bradshaw back on the show um, as a person who is part of the pool of candidates for the 2020 Carbondale uh, municipal election, as well as a currently elected official, um, which ties back into, right, we, we talked about how you got to Carbondale um, and all that fun stuff. And one of the interesting things to explore with you is um, not just, you know, the, the family politics and and the the work that you've done there which we'll talk about um but having learned from like a like a like a real political organization of like how to play the game yeah i can't believe in some ways that it's been eight years that i've been on the council um and you know three this will be my fourth campaign because i campaigned once before and didn't mm -hmm. get on and then the second time I did, um, I do have to correct you. You said 2020, but did it's 2021. 2020? Ooh, 2021. Yeah, which shame is on me. Thank you. Interesting because in so many ways it feels like the what the 14th month of 2020 because <laughs> <laughs> we're just stuck in this weird pandemic time. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Um, that you know again. Going back to uh, the last year and the upcoming month or so before the election, my birthday is March 9th, which one year ago on March 9th, that's when the governor's declaration began. Mm -hmm. And it's so weird to think about because I remember going out to lunch at Harbaugh's that day and just with a couple friends and... Uh, we were talking and chatting and we were like, man, this thing's kind of weird, right? Like, like just this pandemic thing and, uh, or it wasn't even a pandemic yet. Well, I guess it was, but anyways. We, we didn't have the language for it at that right. time. Right. Like this virus is kind of weird. And, um, like who knew that it, that would be the last time I'd be able to sit down and eat with friends, like without masks and. Right. Without worrying. Without worrying. And inside, <laughs> I guess. Component. I mean, I won't be eating inside for a while. Maybe outside. I guess I've done outside eating, but with other people, I mean, obviously. But yeah, no, um, it, it was just weird for a while whenever the governor would start his press conferences, like, on March 9th. <laughs> like, oh, that's my birthday. Um, and now here it is almost my birthday again and um i don't know it's just weird it's weird man i i think anybody who thinks there is a full return to normal i think is kidding themselves yeah i i just you know i i would love 
for there to be rooms full of people for me to perform to. I'm just not going to sit here and kid myself like that's just going to snap and happen overnight again. Like rock concerts. Remember rock concerts? Yeah. And not even like sunset concerts. Yeah. I mean, I was like not even like arena concerts, but like just like a band at like Hangar 9 or the sunset concerts or whatever. Like that's never going to happen. I'll be like, get away from me. Like. (laughs) and it's and it's like everybody everybody that you would want to be around is probably going to have a very similar feeling to that like it's even even if we were to all be like yeah we're gonna gather and then we're gonna be like but how do we we really want to i don't know man (laughs) yeah and i was thinking about it too because i remember uh so my birthday was kind of normal i mean when you're an adult what do you do for your birthday anyways but, you know, we went out to lunch and then whatever. And um, I remember there were all these memes in April about, like, you know, how lonely April birthday people were. Like, <laughs> you know, sitting – it was, like, the, the picture of the guy sitting alone on a swing set. And, and, and then that stopped because that's now everybody's birthday, basically. <laughs> it's literally um, been an entire year of now everybody's the lonely person yeah, on the swing. Yeah, yeah. But now that I'm, you know, I'm having a birthday again, I'm like, what am I going to do? Am I going to risk, you know, maybe if the weather's nice, we could do like an outdoor bonfire. Yeah. Or, you know, we could have something and we just all wear masks. You know, what, what, what am I going to do? Yeah. And I, you know, I wonder to, to see if mask wearing is, is here to stay for a lot of folks, right? Not that you'll go out and you'll see, you know, rooms full of people where every single person is wearing a mask when we've, you know, declared and into the pandemic and whatever else. And we say, you know, back to normal, quote unquote. But like, are we still going to have, you know, in, in large gatherings of, of people in public places, a good chunk of folks that are like, I'm just going to wear my mask. That's yeah. just what I do now. Yeah. I, I'm kind of okay with it. Like, yeah. I was telling, I was talking to my mom about it because um, I was like, you know, I always used to wonder when, I guess it was at like Disneyland or in airports, like crowded places, occasionally you'd see someone wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. And like then it seemed kind of weird. But now I'm like, and I, I used to be more of a germaphobe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now it's kind of back. <laughs> um, and so I'm like, yeah, no, I mean, Especially if they, like, because back then, I mean, A, I was younger. I was a kid. But mm-hmm. I would look at people with a mask like, are they sick? Yeah. Like, why is that person wearing a mask? Like, something wrong with them? Mm-hmm. But now I realize, like, oh, no, they were probably staying, trying to stay safe. And now, especially now that there's, like, fashion, fashionable, cool masks, mm-hmm. you know. Um, why not? Well, and I think the, the real testament to all this will be in 10, 20, 30 years when all the kids who grew up going through this, like, Man. you know, this is a pivotal thing for anybody that's, you know, young and, and, and in some sort of institutionalized setting where like, you know, 
they're conditioned to to put on a mask and wear a mask and you know school or or work or whatever it may be in in particular places for young folks do they carry that that on and that continue to be a, a thing that that goes generation by generation moving forward that we just we wear masks now they're gonna need so much counseling but we all need counseling so <laughs> that is the especially team. right now um so sorry i i, I um when I when I was when I was leading into to kind of the the political chops conversation, I, I was interested yes. in, in doing some more exploration on the um, uh, on the organization that you work for in in Montana. I remember you talked about it being a place where where it was like this this lodge that somebody had like donated to the organization, and that's why it was located in rural Montana. Mm-hmm. And there were just like some some interesting and unique components around you know, getting out there that, that, uh, that I was interested in exploring. Yeah, it was, it was a town of 900 people and it was there because yes, yeah, somebody in their will or whatever, uh, just gave this land with an old ski lodge to, it was project vote smart. Okay. Um, now it's on a college campus. Um, and I forget, if it's University of Arizona or University of Iowa, mm-hmm. I think they may have moved to Iowa. Okay. Um, it used to be in Arizona, but uh, they were fully uh, like sat like every election they'd get tons of interns, tons of volunteers, mm-hmm. and increased staff too. Um, I want to say there were maybe. 16 full-time staff people but i don't i feel like that there were more but for some reason that number sticks in my mind but um you know i lived in a house with two other staff people and um we just commute from this little town of phillipsburg montana in the (laughs) middle of nowhere and um drive to work sometimes we'd get stuck in cow traffic i'm not even kidding like uh sometimes we'd get stuck by a moose that happened once not sometimes but uh yeah it was pretty crazy um and i could have stayed but it got really cold there like Mm -hmm. really really cold like not just ah uh, one degree and it's one degree for a little while and there's some ice on the ground. It's like sustained freezing yeah. cold. Yeah, and like a lot of snow. Um, so it was beautiful, but not worth it. So I came back here after that um, and stayed in my parents' RV behind their house because I had two cats at that point and they had dogs and uh-huh. they were pretty outdoorsy prey driven dogs so we weren't sure how that would work out so Uh um I came back and then that was kind of challenging so I moved to California Mm -hmm. and man I don't know if anyone who's watching has ever worked for or seen these jobs advertised like U.S. PERGS, uh, Public Interest Research Group, or in my case, it was Clean Water Action. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like 
for young people, it's like very, they appeal a lot to recent college grads mm -hmm. and they say, oh, come work and, and, um, you know, uh, it's, I forget what they call it. Like, um, you'll be doing stuff and promoting the environment or save the children or whatever, but it's basically just sales for nonprofit organizations. Yeah. Like you're just calling people asking for money or going door to door in oh, my wow. case. And so what happened is I got this job offer with clean water action. Well, I got this job interview <laughs> set up and they said, well, we don't do phone interviews. You'd have to come here. And I was sick of living in the RV in the winter. So, um, my sister at the time lived in San Jose. So I moved out there and I was like, well, if it's, in-person on the job interview then odds are pretty good right so I moved out there stayed with my sister did this on the job interview job interview and you literally go out with someone and knock on people's doors and say hi I'm with clean water action and you know I'm hoping that you can help save the bay or whatever yeah. and donate you know i don't remember if it was donations or joining clean water action or whatever but it's basically door-to-door -door sales yeah. for a nonprofit. and god i still remember halfway through the day and then so i went to san francisco they take you on a, a car in a van and then they took us to like San Mateo or somewhere. The whole sales team was dropped off. Halfway through the day at lunchtime, we got lunch. The person who I was shadowing was like, I don't think this is for you. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And she said, so you could either like take the bus back to San Jose or wait till the end of the day and then ride the, the van back to the city with us and then go home. And I was like, I don't know how to get from San Mateo to San Jose. So I guess I'll just hang around. You know, this was before super smartphones. I mean, yeah. I had a cell phone, but. You just had the numbers in your cell phone and. Yeah. Rick so I was stuck it. there on a job interview that I wasn't going to get for another four hours or whatever. And then I had to go back in the van with everyone it was awful like the whole afternoon I felt like crying because I had moved there with this idea that I was going to be doing something awesome for clean water action yeah and then it ended up being horrible like yeah it was just awful so it's it's a it's a disappointing that there is even activity like this in the the working world in the USA, right? Where these things that really don't feel like they should be jobs are jobs. And like, you have to be a very like particular kind of person to even be able to shoulder like the crappy parts of what that is. And like, you know, traditional sales is one thing, right? Right working in in some sort of laborious 
uh, environment is one thing, but to be like tasked with essentially shaking down people for money, but not really necessarily telling them or giving them a great idea of what you're shaking them down for. I don't know. Yeah. That, that's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah. And I almost got pulled into it later too. Um, I was walking through Berkeley like a couple years later. I'd had couple more jobs didn't work out move you know moved around a little bit around California and I remember my friend and I were walking around Berkeley and this this guy came up to us and was like hey do you want to donate you know twenty dollars to help save you know to help save the whales to help Greenpeace and I was like no but I would love to work for Greenpeace (laughs) And he gave me some contact info and said, you know, call and, you know, and then I called and came in for some, at least that day, it was like a bunch of people coming in and learning about this pitch, you know, this job sales pitch. And it wasn't even Greenpeace that day. It was like Save the Children um, because it was like a company Mm -hmm. doing this thing for nonprofits and I was like nope not falling for this again (laughs) so I walked out so at least that was a little bit better like you didn't have to sign up for a whole day but yeah no it it's horrible I mean and the thing is it gets and I remember somebody wrote an article about this um years ago I think in yes magazine um and it was someone who I had met too um, through this other, uh, I don't remember how, but, uh, somebody had wrote an article about how these jobs just crush the hopes and dreams of all these new graduates, Mm -hmm. all these young people who are like, yeah, I want to work for social environmental causes. Mm -hmm. And then they end up doing these jobs and they're just like, no. Never mind. Yeah. Like, I don't want to make minimum wage selling memberships to organizations. Like, this is awful. And then they go and get, you know, whatever else kind of job. So, it sucks. And uh, in a, in a, you wonder, with an organizational structure like that, you're right, what value are the folks that get solicited into actually paying or joining or, or have bought into the sales pitch, right? Like, uh, you know, what kind of dismay they may have on the other end of it if an organization, you know, makes claims and then fails to deliver just the same. Yeah. Well, hmm. I mean, it's probably like any kind of, you know, low-paying basic job. The people who really need it will stay there until they get something better. And... The people who are like, screw this, are just going to, you know, there's probably a certain amount of high turnover that they're willing to cope with. And then also the expectation that some people will just be like, well, job is a job. Yeah. Just happy to have it. Yeah. I mean, that's even, you know, relatable. Was it, it wasn't Bank of America. Who was the bank that was that like had their call centers like running scams on people and opening up a bunch of different accounts? 
um, and overcharging them. And yeah, uh, you're. We may not know. Remember exactly which bank it was, but you're familiar with with that happening. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just a similar similar thing there. Oh well, people get recruited in these jobs. They're like, oh, I'm gonna get my foot in the door in the banking industry. Yeah. And it's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's not the reality of it. Uh, it's a bummer. So, yeah. So, I was in California not having much luck with job stuff. Yeah. And then in 2005, no, 2006, uh -huh. my dad um, declared that he was going to run for governor <laughs> here in Illinois for the Green Party. Yeah. And um, so I ended up moving back here um, to help out his campaign because I didn't have, I mean, I was working at a bakery, like a Panera-like place that, yeah. that was a small chain. So it wasn't even, and actually I'd quit that job because um, around, here's another thing that annoys me, around <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday. Uh-huh. Or on Super Bowl Sunday, my manager called in the baker in the afternoon. And if you know anything about bakers and bakery hours, this is true at every bakery. They come in really early yeah. so that they can bake the bread. So at 2 or 3 in the afternoon, that's like midnight. Like, this person was not happy to come in, and I still remember him coming in just so pissed that the manager had called him back in <laughs> when he was asleep yeah. and baked 40 more baguettes. And the game was about to start, apparently, or at least people had made all their purchases. We baked 40 more baguettes, maybe sold two or three, uh. and then the rest we threw away. And it was one of those places in, you know, so many cities. I mean, and we were in the suburbs. We weren't even in, it was San Jose, but it was the suburbs of San Jose. Uh -huh. um, but we put them in a trash receptacle behind a, you know, cement thing that I can't remember if it locked, but it was certainly like. Designed to keep people out. Yeah. And I mean, and sometimes they would have people come. And collect the breads for for donations, but unless somebody came and collected it, it would get tossed. Mm -hmm. And after that happened, I was just like, I cannot do this anymore. <laughs> like it just upset me so much. Yeah. Like all the waste and stuff. Like, but that especially, that was like the final straw. So, anyways, then I ended up moving back here because my dad was running for governor. Yeah. And um, I became his fundraising coordinator, manager, whatever. Um, Feels like you're getting roped into another pyramid scheme. <laughs> yeah, Jessica yeah. No, and I, I was like, well, I guess if that's what you want me to do. And it was partially like they paid my rent for a uh -huh. while. And in exchange, you know, I would hopefully raise money for his campaign, which, I mean... I did okay, but not really. <laughs> and actually, when we first moved back, when I first moved back, we had to get signatures to get them on the board mm -hmm. or to get them on the ballot first. And that 
I forget if we talked about that last time. That was quite a journey. Yeah, because that was a lot of signatures. Yeah, that you like had to go stacked and... like this high. Like it was, it was a lot to go through, and and then they got challenged, and then had to verify everything, and <sighs> yeah, twenty seven thousand. Twenty seven thousand. That's and we got forty seven thousand, but we had to get the minimum requirement is 25,000. We got 47,000. And by the time they were all verified, we were left with just barely 27,000. That's that's a lot of signatures to get people to pull from a like were there were, was it reasonable things or was it like somebody would write just something that didn't was just off about the name on a on a on a town or something or the address didn't have like a, you know, apartment B or something to that right. effect. If there wasn't an apartment, if they didn't write street or West or, I mean, okay. If anyone public PSA here, <laughs> PSA. if you ever are asked to sign an official thing, don't write Seadale or Embro because, and I now will catch those things and cross them out and write Carbondale. Uh-huh. Um, you also have to write street and the direction. And yes, if you have an apartment, you're supposed to write that. Um, I mean, they would just throw them out. You know, usually I, I am kind of joking about this because usually they aren't challenged, mm-hmm. um, you know, with city council and county races. Who's going to bother, really? Right. Hopefully. Um, but yeah, with the state thing, it was like, if they, if the signatures look different, um, I mean, I don't know. I remember my brother's signature got thrown out. Walter Wendler was chancellor at the time and his got thrown out. Like we just had all these little, you know, I think my mom's got thrown out for some reason. Like, (laughs) and because I went through the process I went up to Chicago and did this like we would sit there and go line by line with a state board of elections judge mm-hmm. or employee or whatever. And then there was a Democratic rep and then a Green Party rep. Mm-hmm. And we'd go line by line and the judge had the database of the the voter, um, the voter registration database mm-hmm. and had like people's signatures and then where they were registered and what their name was and if you put like you know oh if i had put like jc bradshaw Mm -hmm. instead of jessica bradshaw not like signing but like when i had written out my name Mm -hmm. that would be crossed off because that's not how i'm registered Mm -hmm. um i mean it was ridiculous it was really crazy and we had tried before, you know, we had gone through for weeks, probably months before and corrected all of the things that we could. Like yeah. I ended up using, you know, yellowpages.com and like all these things like to try and there was figure a, out. It was still a rudimentary internet yeah. compared to what it is now. Well, yeah, I mean, it's still hard to look people up, um, hopefully. I mean, <laughs> as far as I know, I'm sure I'm sure some people know better. Right. But yeah, no. Um, 
you know, we would try to use, I remember that's when I found out about the people finder uh -huh. directory on SIU's website. Um, so yeah, we tried to do just about anything cause you can correct, you can write or strike out anything except for the person's signature. Mm -hmm. So, huh? Yeah. That's also interesting to know. I didn't realize that you could alter everything that's written aside yeah. from somebody's Aside signature. from the signature. Which so if, like they screwed up real bad outside of having to have their own signature match, you can fix all that stuff for them. Yeah. Yeah. And the some were just, <laughs> some were just like, you could tell they were just drunk or just didn't really want you to read it or yeah. whatever. Like they just write, you know, Tom Avenue. Yeah. Just get this out of my hands. I don't want to, I don't want to be. And you were like, you. well, we're not going to find this person. Yeah. Tom in Chicago. <laughs> There's no way. So, oh, old Chicago Tom gets you yeah. every time. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was interesting, but I never want to do that ever again. So I, I don't blame you. I mean, just, just getting, you know, I imagine like for your mom's, for your mom's, um, Use your brain, Nathan. Congressional races, right? Like, I mean, that's still what three thousand signatures. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And it's still a pretty big area. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's the thing I like about city. And we, I mean, we don't even have wards, so it's still the whole city. But yeah, it's so much less than like, you know, even the county has some weird spots. Yeah. <laughs> but um. You know, and the other thing is, and we've talked about this, um, the local Green Party has talked about this a little bit, uh -huh. but because we just had a census, we don't know how the new districts are going to be drawn, you know, the new congressional or state districts. I, I, I am under the impression, I would imagine that what we're going to see happen is cordoning off of the Metro East into its one single district right because the fact that you've got the 13th the 15th and the 12th mm -hmm. all pulling from a single metro area mm -hmm. you know they're they're gonna look at that and go oh i, I want to have that as one voting block yeah right and i feel like whatever uh the shimkus district is that's 15 right i think Mm -hmm. that, that that it's all going to become like it's just going to gobble up a chunk of southern illinois and then you're going to have like southern illinois and then like run up the the east side of illinois to mm -hmm. encompass that while they kind of cut off the the metro east and blend that into something there but i but i don't know yeah. like you, you also have like a particular number of people that you have to get into a congressional district as well, right? I think ours is somewhere in the neighborhood of like 700,000 people is what you're supposed to have for for it to be like a, a balanced uh, congressional district. I, right. I don't know. I may, I may not be anywhere near correct in that number, but I, I feel like I remember that being something like the what you're supposed to concern yourself with. But. Right. Yeah. I'm just really curious what they'll do with Carbondale because, you know, right now it's split yeah. down 51 and then Macanda gets confusing, too, because that's been hard with when we've gotten congressional signatures, mm -hmm. like parts of Macanda are in 
Representative Boss's district, and then parts are in, I guess, Shimkus's. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it's it's like it goes along 51 most of the way, but not all the way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I hope they just put us all back in whichever district. <laughs> one, one, I mean, just one big pool. Just, yeah, yeah. But of course, Southern it Illinois, probably won't that's, be. that's who you are. Just be represented that way. Yeah. Right. Even even Carbondale as you know at a state level, right? The one fifteenth and the one eighteenth. Yeah. Right. Like, I there's, you know, running up and and the one fifteenth gets real skinny through Pinckneyville. Yeah. And then keeps going. Yeah. It's I, crazy. Yeah. I I mean, I wouldn't want to be in charge of drawing these maps because you're right. Like they all have to say have the same even number of people. So. You know, it's not like counties where you can just do blocks, but like, yeah, yeah. who, who designed that? Like, no. it's just crazy. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think we're supposed to know census results in May. I I'm, I am concerned on multiple levels about what that's going to look like. Not just for. Carbondale, but we're we're talking you know the country as a whole, yeah, right. Just because of how problematic the census activity and the was. state. I mean, we're it's not going to be good. But we have a new state speaker now, and not just no, not just state speaker, but I guess Madigan resigned his whole seat. Yeah, yeah. Recently, so um, which is I I think is very exciting in terms of interest in Southern Illinois because Chris Welch, like have have you been to any of his I feel like I've he he's come down and spoken at the Paul Simon Public Policy Institute multiple okay. times. I haven't no. I you know there's only so much you can pay attention to. Oh yeah, that's that's the truth. And that's the, the truth. state is one of those that I feel like I've let slip, but I'm trying to catch up on it. Um but uh especially now that I mean, I don't know. I was gonna say that we don't have to track the president as much, but I still am kind of interested in. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to pay attention to who, who he's picking, who Biden is picking for like cabinet positions mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. There's just there's only so much brain space and mm-hmm. time and whatever. I don't know. Sometimes I wonder, like, should I let like I. Okay, I'll confess. I play a lot of computer games on my phone. Uh-huh. That's probably my worst habit as far as, like, habits go. That's not that bad of a habit, but, Jessica. <laughs> that's well, that's a perfectly normal thing. <laughs> a lot of time, right? You know, because uh-huh. you have to check in every day and get the little rewards on all the games. <laughs> um, that's how they keep you going. That's yeah. how they get you addicted. Yep. Um, so I keep thinking, like, especially this semester, this until May, um, I keep thinking, like, I'm just gonna delete them. I'm, I'm too hooked. <laughs> I'm just gonna delete them. But then I'm like, and do what? Like, what? Do what with this time? But then I think about, like, man, yeah, I haven't paid any attention to the state, like the Capital Facts blog. Mm-hmm. I used to read that so much, <laughs> um, back when my dad was running. Yeah. Uh, to bring it back to that and uh yeah yeah 
I don't know. You are but, allowed leisure time, right? And and to anybody that thinks, you know, they, they, they look at somebody and they say, oh, well, th- this person does this, so they should only and always be reading and thinking and acting and doing whatever else. It's like, man, let people be people. Yeah. And, like, you're going to contribute at the levels that you decide to contribute at. Like, you've contributed a lot of different levels, Jessica. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fault yourself too much on, on that side of things as to, as to whether or not you, you play a, you know, play a phone game a little bit too much. Like, yeah, no, I know. Sometimes I get into that, like, man, how is it that people like raise kids and like work full time and like do all these other things? Like, like, man, I feel like I'm busy and I don't even have kids. And then I'm like, well, I am like finishing a degree mm-hmm. and on city council and working full time. Yep. And, you know, OK, well, I guess that's a lot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, you know, and sometimes having a dog feels like having a kid, <laughs> especially a really smart one. Right. That's what I was getting ready to say. Um, I was like, especially having your dog. <laughs> yeah. Could feel yeah. like. Uh, <laughs> she. This was the first time I left the house not for work and and didn't take her in a long time. And yeah. she was very upset with me. And she <laughs> did not. I had to bribe her to come back inside the house <laughs> when I left. Was she was she trying? So she she was trying to, like, chase you out into the car. And well, you know. I had she. Yeah. So when I changed to come here, I was like, OK. We're going to, I'm going to change. I'm going to have to go in the car, but you're not allowed to come. Yeah. And she just heard the word car and go. And she like <laughs> started getting excited. We were sitting on the bed and she started doing that, like pushing and leaning into me thing. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, she like, she jumped up on me and um, yeah, she herded me towards the door and then she didn't want to go outside on her own because she knows that's a trick that mm-hmm. I'm not going out unless my socks and shoes are on and uh-huh. I have my coat on and yeah, she's too smart. <laughs> so then she went out and then she didn't want to come back in because I was like, you know, ready to go. Uh-huh. And I'm like, come on, come inside. And she like did the thing where she like looks at me and then she looks away uh-huh. and she's by the gate. I'm like, come on, I'll give you a treat. (laughs) Come on, you want a treat? And then she kind of puts her head down and walks inside. And I gave her a treat. (laughs) She's, I mean, border collies, man, they're, they're too smart. Yeah. Well, and they're, they're, they're like sheep dogs, right? From like, so they're, they're used to having control over their environment that's kind of bred into them yeah so when they don't have that control ooh, i'm real sad i actually just learned something from a youtube video of dog training um because i'm trying to help another friend who has a dog who's a new dog owner and so i was looking through dog training videos for her but then also you know just you know how youtube is you just start clicking and um it's for dogs who bark a lot and one thing is that they, one thing that this trainer was saying is that sometimes it's because they feel like 
they have to be like they are the one in control mm -hmm. and so you have to say no actually i'm in control and i will make sure that it's safe mm -hmm. because if they're like looking outside and barking at things it's because they're like you're not paying attention so i need to alert you mm -hmm. and so and i had done this before a little bit like if she was like at the door barking i'd be like what is it the mailman you know i'd walk over and look <laughs> but that's what this guy was saying is if your dog like looks out the window and starts barking you should go over like look and be like it's okay and pat your dog and then like relax them basically mm -hmm. and if it doesn't stop like put them in a confined space like you know for a little while till they calm down because it can be anxiety inducing if they see like other things going on outside mm -hmm. but that's kind of worked and i'm just like wow like that it's so interesting when you're like man like on one hand my dog is so smart but on the other hand like it's all the same kind of stuff that all dogs do you know <laughs> so i gotta do i gotta practice it more because mm -hmm. she's still like she gets up and barks and stuff when i'm you know not giving the attention to what she thinks you should be giving the attention to. yeah yeah like anytime a car door slams anywhere on the block that's, you know that's almost a good metaphor for the public participation process <laughs> I, i'm not gonna get, i'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole but i, I just like I'm, I'm sitting here thinking okay well we're we got a little bit of discussion about city council i was like what does this kind of sound like oh this could sound like public participation sometimes yeah yeah hey hey you're not looking over here look over here look over here it's like no i actually am looking over there thank you very much just, yeah. I don't need to go bite the mailman's butt right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and it's funny because the neighbor dogs who she has like a frenemy thing with, uh -huh. um, former councilman Chris Wisman and Jess, Jess uh -huh. Job live next door and they're, they have two dogs and they're frenemies. They bark when the mailman comes, but that's because they have a mail slot and they get really excited. Like yeah. they actually like when the mailman comes and it's a good relationship whereas my dog it is not there's someone coming up the steps and i remember again reading something in a training thing that was like unfortunately with a mailman coming up the steps putting the mail in and then walking away it actually trains your dog that if they bark the person goes away huh. right because that's what the mailman does yeah he gives you mail and then he leaves. So the dog barks and then the person goes away. Mm -hmm. And so like, that's like, oh cool, it worked. My barking worked, they left. So it's interesting, it was something that I was like, oh man, yeah, you can't, like that's not something that you can not have happen. Yeah. So um, yeah, that was just a funny dog training thing. Now that 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 makes sense, that yeah. like you know they they are receiving the reinforcement that they think they want out of that, even though it's not even in the realm of reality. Yeah, that no, the mailman just goes away after dropping stuff off. That's how yeah. It goes. But then next door, I found out it's actually excited barking. 
because you know the they mailman's like here. Mailman. I've got this stuff. Yeah, Woo. yeah. <laughs> so how, it's um, funny. How how are you doing in your final stretch of the MPA? Are you ready to, oh my ready gosh. to tear your hair out? <laughs> I you know right now everything's okay. I think. Okay. So <laughs> I'm taking seminar and pre-professional seminar. Okay. Or something like that. So the seminar is a regular three credit hour class. Mm -hmm. And we have people, uh, well, come in on Zoom every week and then talk about their jobs. Um, and then we're supposed to write up a journal or whatever. We actually had the first two cancel one just uh can't had to cancel and then the second one was the snowstorm when SIU said all cancellations all classes are being canceled yeah. virtually or not um so our first assignment was postponed because we didn't have anything to write about <laughs> um and then we finally had someone this last Thursday uh so yeah, so that's our seminar one. And then pre-professional seminar, there's two major things. One is working on a portfolio, mm -hmm. which we're supposed to go back over all the work that we've done during the degree mm -hmm. and put it into a portfolio. Well, for most students, that's like a, I think it's a two or three year program, the MPA. Uh -huh. Um and for me, it's been six years because I've been doing one class at a time yeah. because I'm working full time. Yeah. And, um, you know, as civil service, I get one or two free classes a semester, but more than one seemed like a lot. Yeah. So now that I have to do this portfolio, A, I didn't know until probably last semester that I was supposed to keep my work. Uh -huh. B... It's, like, way more than just, like, oh, just, like, you know, get some writing samples. It's, like, you have to put in your portfolio your work, mm -hmm. what class it's from, and what, like, principles of public administration apply to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, like, all this stuff. And so you have to have – it's, like, a massive document. Like, I, I don't even know – where to even begin with it you also <laughs> have to have a management philosophy so what's your philosophy of public administration and uh -huh. public management um so that'll also be interesting <laughs> and something i need to work on and then also uh we have comprehensive exams which i believe are going to be right before the city council elections goodness gracious so <laughs> they're usually at the end of spring break, but SAU doesn't have a spring break this year. Uh -huh. So I think they're going to be at the end of March. So not right before, but pretty close to right before. You stay um, sharp on it, though. I mean, in the very least, it all kind of comes together and intersects at the same spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it is interesting, like, like, so, you know, with public administration, a lot of the stuff that we read is like, okay, well, you have civil service and, you know, uh, 
public administrators here and then you have politicians here mm-hmm. and you know never the twain shall meet mm-hmm. but with city council i feel like it's not really i mean yes i'm a politician but mm-hmm. am i really yeah <laughs> like i mean and it's not just because most people think politician's a dirty word like it has this negative <laughs> negative connotation but it's like the service that you provide as a member of the city council and the way representation works well and it's also like i mean you know it, there's seven of us so it's it's a little different than being a representative mm-hmm. and being the whole, the only representative to that district mm-hmm. although now i'm realizing well maybe it's similar in that there are you know other representatives when you get to congress or the state house but you know what i mean like yeah, you're the only one who has to make that decision for your district but mm-hmm. here it's like the seven of us kind of i like to think work mostly as a team yeah i know that hasn't always been true but i feel like the last couple i mean the city council years, as it sits now is a very cohesive unit yeah um that's a good way to describe it yeah especially since i've been on i mean i think there have been you know certainly we can disagree we don't always vote unanimously but like i mean compared to when i first moved back and started getting into city politics Mm -hmm. like you know it was like well this person won't vote for this because she's voting for this and he won't vote for this because he's voting for that so like no matter if they even agree they're not going to vote the same way (laughs) just because you know (laughs) and uh there were some tense meetings Mm -hmm. before i got elected especially right before um so yeah i mean i don't i don't know so 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 that's that by itself is interesting to to me uh, because, you know, 12, 16, however many years ago, people may have looked at the city council and gone, so-and-so from the city council thinks this way, so-and-so from the city council thinks that way, right? But now, right, and and in specific reference to to kind of just something Jude put out there the other day, it, you know, it's just that, that, you know, now when city council referred to, it's referred to as a whole, Right. And everybody's kind of in it. You may have mentions and statements for folks in there, but really people look at the city council not as its individual components, but as a sum of the whole. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it while it could be frustrating, you know, from time to time if you disagree with a particular thing with your colleagues and want that to be separated out, that may be a, a, a tough part on one side. But on the other side of it is that I think that's just generally good governance if the whole community looks at it and goes the city council is together right mm-hmm. it is a holistic unit and that's how they associate it not as as its individual parts for better or for worse in terms of, of public perception but in terms of the actual functional component of it i think that's a, a plus side yeah for sure yeah and I, it's interesting there are some people who um and i won't name names but there are some <laughs> people who i was like I'm not sure you know when I and I said this to my dad last time I was running um because he was like well 
aren't you in support of it was somebody who didn't even make it on but um we share a lot of we shared a lot of the same views but i was like i don't think they would be very good on that group yeah you know and so that's how i look at it is more of a group dynamics thing yeah which is one of the courses that i studied in college that mm -hmm. was one of the most uh meaningful informative courses that i ever took mm -hmm. it was it was more it was geared more towards teachers but i took it yeah and i'm so glad i did um that and nonviolent communication did you have suzanne Doughton as well huh did you have suzanne Doughton as well for that that was not here that was oh, okay. back in my undergrad oh, sorry um and I've just never looked into meeting the same way again. Yeah. After I took group dynamics. Um, yeah. It, it's just very interesting. Um, and, and also being, uh, well, that's what, that's another topic, but with city council. Yeah. I look at it as like, you know, especially because it is local decisions. It's not yeah. necessarily, you know, I always tell, I always use the, the, you know, like zoning issue. Like, how does, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican or Green or whatever, how does that influence how you're going to vote on a zoning issue? Yeah. You know? It's not, for the most part. Unless it's like, hey, we want to dump coal ash into this here yeah. tributary. and. <laughs> well, and even then... Probably for your own community. Yeah. Unless yeah. you're getting a kickback, you're going to say no. Yeah. You know, I mean, hopefully. But, uh, <laughs> so, but yeah. So long as you're not like an evil villain from Captain Planet or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mr. Burns. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I always use that example, but there's plenty of others. Like, that's why I'm glad it's a nonpartisan election, too. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, you just. You just want people who are going to be, like, you don't want people who are agreeable in that they'll just go along with whatever, yeah. but you want people who aren't going to be so stubborn that they'll stand in the way, yeah. you know. You want people that have a good group dynamic. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. People who are open and willing to communicate, good communicators. Yeah. Um, on both in both ways, you know. No, that's good. So yeah, it's it's been interesting because yeah, there are some people who I wouldn't necessarily, you know, think that we would share a lot of the same views, but mm -hmm. we have. Yeah. So um, yeah, I like the way I like the way things have gone in the past. Like I said, eight years. I can't believe it's been eight years yeah. since I've been on council. But, um, but yeah, um, I'm, I'm ready to do another four. So Awesome. I think that is the right place to end the podcast. Um, Jessica Bradshaw is ready for another four. Loves, I love the group dynamic thing. I think that's so, that's so fitting. It's, yeah. it's good. Yeah, I mean – Taking that class really, man, that was just, because I was in a, you know, a 
an RSO type of group at mm -hmm. the time. And it just, that's what I did my final paper on. And it just blew my mind. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I get the same feeling like organizing performers is very much a, a similar thing, right? I think mm. of, you know, back in the olden times when I used to have 12 amateur comedians all in one place at one time. It's like, yeah. I, I get that. <laughs> I get that. Dynamic. Yeah. Uh, and that is the dynamic of episode 40. Uh, the first episode with our repeat guest, Jessica Bradshaw, um, somebody who has been on city council for eight years and is still a candidate now for 2021. I said it correctly this time, <laughs> municipal elections. And, uh, you know, just part of the series of interviews uh, with all the different candidates who all themselves are interesting people living interesting lives. Uh, and of course, absolutely love our little community uh, here of Carbondale. So uh, have a good one, folks, whatever that one may be.